social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, petro.com. So I want to defend uh, my friend, Representative Patricia Morgan. Rep Morgan took to Twitter and was trying to make a point about critical race theory. And it got all blown out out of proportion that it was a pylon. And all of these people are going after and Black Lives Matter wants to uh, be stripped of committees. And a member of the... Um, the McKee administration wants her to resign all because she said that uh, everything should not be decided by race. People should not be judged by the color of their skin. And that's what critical race theory does. So a couple things about it. Now, first of all, one of the worst talking points is, and this came out of the Virginia governor's race. This is where the Democrat Party and others try to, they first try to deny that it even exists. But we know, even locally, that Providence teacher Ramona Bessinger, who we've had on the program, talked about that after, you know, the situation with George Floyd in 2020, in uh, 2020, in 2021, all of these new materials started arriving, and it talks about oppressor and oppressed and teachers doing the walk of shame and kids getting up in the classroom, white children, and apologizing. So we know that it is, exists. Uh, another false talking point is, well, listen, the history is going to be taught. The history is taught. Like, what are you talking about? For years, they've, you know, taught about slavery, taught about the Civil War. It can be unpleasant at times, but it happened. My God, you go to Germany, they still have Auschwitz up in the concentration camps i mean they don't deny their history america doesn't deny our history race relations have made huge strides in this country barack obama was president but let's not pretend that race in the democrat party and especially critical race theory they want it to be and that's part of it where it makes the children victims and it basically tells them that you will never succeed but let's not pretend it doesn't exist as some people are trying to do for instance, you know, look at Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris said, you know, I wouldn't be getting this negative press if I was a white man. Well, you wouldn't be vice president if you were a white male. The whole reason she was chosen. Listen, that's that's the reason. The whole reason she was chosen. Number one, Joe Biden said, if elected president, my vice president's going to be a woman. Then after George Floyd, Minneapolis, it became he needs to choose a black woman of someone of color. That's just a fact. He also announced half of his administration would be would be women, which then led to someone like at the time, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo getting onto the cabinet because because the Biden had already announced that. So listen, people accept it. People see that it's part of diversity, but don't pretend it doesn't exist. Don't pretend that it was a clean slate. And then when when Biden looked at the field, he said, you know, I think Kamala Harris is the best. That is simply not the case. First of all, he narrowed the field in half, even more than that, actually, but half of the population. But by announcing that his choice would be a female. Well, that, you know, left unless he was going to go outside the circle. But of those who ran it, that left Elizabeth Warren It left amy klobuchar it left kamala harris um there were some other women that were were mentioned but then seemingly after and during the summer of 2020 it became apparent they felt you know we need to name someone of color that's what happened so let's not pretend that that didn't come into play for instance I, if if someone wants to say that she gets bad press all right I, i'm not convinced of that by the way she has a dysfunctional staff she is the problem but let's not try to rewrite history now as to why she was chosen so getting back to patricia morgan patricia morgan is being pummeled by these people on social media representative patricia morgan who has introduced that critical race theory should not be taught in the rhode island schools now you know just because the mob on twitter is loud look at how people will say that the year 2021 was the year of the parent 
And those critical race theory, they can deny it all they want. It decided the election in Virginia for governor. It did. Terry McAuliffe was the favorite. Terry McAuliffe was leading. And then Glenn Youngkin, the challenger, he made a big deal that parents should be involved in education. Critical race theory should not be drilled in. You have that hero mom in South Kingstown, Nicole Solace, who said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what do you mean we don't call little boys and little girls? No, nope. Everybody, everybody's not the same. There's nothing wrong with saying that's a little boy and that's a little girl. Well, we don't do it that way in South Kingstown. And, and you know, telling the, the white children, your parents are racist. Your grandparents are racist. You're an oppressor. They're the oppressed. You need to apologize. Providence, they made the teachers go on the walk of shame. This is happening. She called it out. And look at the way that they have gone after her. Absolutely disgraceful. It truly is. So, and then, of course, it's a chance. Oh, and then you have members of the media that need to disclose if, again, people have different um, biases on certain things that should be disclosed. But I am telling you, um, I, Patricia Morgan was trying to draw attention to critical race theory, and there's nothing wrong with that. And all these people that are mocking her and attacking her should start to look at and and if there's nothing wrong with it, then let parents know what's being taught in the schools. You know, that started with Nicole Salas had to really be aggressive to get their attention for what was going to be taught in the school. And, you know, this, this for people to deny that this isn't going on, it's absolutely going on. And Patricia Morgan was trying to say that, you know, we, we're not going to get anywhere with this divisiveness with everything being about race. And that's what they've turned it into, the discussion. So I think she's being unfairly treated. I think she's being unfairly beat up upon. And I, I, her record speaks for itself. It does. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Heating season is here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system energy efficient quiet and more affordable than you think if you're saying no gas guess what no problem let jkl engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system including ductless splits heats in the winter cools in the summer these units are so efficient it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90 percent. they have the highest rebates in the market and they also do new installation replacement of high efficiency gas boilers jkl Carry a factory authorized dealer, licensed, by the way, in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Replacements, whether it's for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. This winter, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Joining me right now, he is a columnist for the Boston Globe, focusing on Rhode Island mainly, and it's uh, our friend Dan McGowan. And Dan, uh, the Boston Globe has extensive write-ups uh, America really lost a legend. I'm glad, you know, you mentioned it in Roadmap this morning. I can remember watching him on the sidelines of the coach of the Oakland Raiders. And then when he finally got up into the booth, he was just a different type of color analyst traveling the country in his uh, Madden bus. And then he reached immortality with uh, with the football game, of course, and video game named after Madden. But what a um, just a, an unbelievable giant of a man in the loss of John Madden. Yeah, and John, I mean, it was so interesting to this weekend, you know, over the weekend, watch the the documentary that Fox was pushing yep. um, about John Madden, and, and it was I highly recommend it to anybody. It was fantastic, um, and you're you're exactly right. I mean, look, that's the guy who who uh, and who I didn't quite realize almost how much he transformed commentary because yes. my you know i'm 35 my memory of john madden is the video game right it's, it's almost completely the video game knowing history and stuff you know i knew he was a good coach for the raiders um and i knew he was a great announcer and that's how he got into you know the, the video game world but 
you didn't, you didn't quite realize I've been reading a lot of reflections on on him, you know, over the last few hours, last day or so. And, you know, the he, he literally, tra- you know, transformed what it meant to uh, call a football game, you know, and in, in the same way that kind of Howard Cosell made it entertaining, he helped sort of <clears throat> like educate, you know, everybody about sort of what, what is actually happening on the field. So, you know, really sad to see him go. But again, I highly recommend that documentary. It's fantastic. Yeah, I. What also stood out to me was just my dad. My father was always entertained that no matter how cold, he would be on the sideline, short leaf shirt as the coach of the Raiders. And the worst was there was some game and it was freezing out, and they were all bundled up everything. And at the very the most he would wear was a windbreaker. But yep. him in the booth, I remember he was the first guy that would stop it, do the circles, say, yeah. "See this guy in circle lineman, this guy." You need watch how he's going to go up the middle. You know, it's it, it just they, they never had anyone like that, that that took you in the entertaining way that he did it, the way he talked about it. Uh, I would say this: there wouldn't be a Tony Romo if you didn't have that John Madden that kind of paved the way for it. So that's such, the, so exactly right. That, that's what yeah. I was thinking this whole time that, that, you know, we all love how Tony Romo kind of tells us oh, what's going to happen yes. before it happens. John. Uh, John Madden did that, you know, and, and was doing that, helping, literally helping you know, a, a, a couple of generations of people learn the game. Any kid or, or any, you know, NFL star right now, they learned football by playing John Madden football, right? Yeah. So, you really, know, really you know what's funny, Dan McGowan, is now the Super Bowl trophy is, you know, the Lombardi trophy named at Vince Lombardi. But I would argue more youth think of and know the name Madden from playing Madden. Oh, by a mile. To, Absolutely. That's the, what's the name of the, the Super yeah. Bowl trophy. Well, Dan McGowan, you wrote four things to watch for. This is the final week of 2021 to look for in, in 2022. And I'd, I'd like to uh, talk about it a little bit and, and start off with uh, you talk about the, the race for governor. How do you see the race for, for governor shaping up? One, one thing before I have you answer, I, I do think, I think it's interesting, and it's not a huge deal, but Governor McKee, to me, he had an opportunity September, October. He could have made his announcement. They said, no, no, we're going to wait till January. I think Mike Trainer had said they're going to do a one-day fundraiser to try to raise 300000 Look at the problems right now with Omicron. Good luck trying to do an announcement now. What do you do with inside? Everyone has a mask. It has to be distanced. Um, I, again, I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but we're already seeing some, um, some, some, some missteps. And, and I, I am anxious to see how the next 30 days you know, go for Governor McKee because, uh, you know, let's, let's face it, the end of this year, People are upset about testing. His lieutenant governor tested positive. This is uh, he. He better be you know have his A game ready when the new year starts. You're you're so right about this, and and it's you know the the challenge right. I think their thought with waiting to formally announce their candidacy for governor was exactly the way you described it. I think they wanted to have a big blowout event, yep. raise a ton of money. I'm sure they'd have liked to you know, been able to declare that we're past COVID sort of, uh, you know, it, the, a day before or a day later so that they, you know, could could take the credit both, you know, on the actual governing side and then also, you know, propelling them into their candidacy for governor. Now, you can't, you, 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 I, mean, I suppose you could announce at any moment, but huh. you're right. You, you can't have an event in the winter. You essentially no. can't have an event in the winter, at least not one that's going to be you know, widely attended, you're going to face, by the way, even if you did, you'd face criticism from all the other candidates. You'd have right. the media piling on you for having, you know, a super spreader event, take a picture of the governor with his mask off, all that yep. stuff. So you have major problems there. I think you're right. You know, I said this a while ago to you, and I think you and I probably agree on this. I think in some ways, Dan McKee started, you know, we're talking John Madden football, right? Started with a 14 nothing lead. I think yeah. he, he was well out in front. And he has he has wanted to really sit on the football for, for a long time now. Yep. Suddenly, you know, you're you're you have mistakes. You're fumbling the ball. Sometimes some things out of your control. Some things not. Right? COVID, you could say, kind of out of your control. You could say, but but certainly not the ILO situation or the 
uh, Tony Silva thing. And suddenly it's much closer. Now, that all that being said, today, look, Dan McKee has more name recognition than the other candidates. Yep. He, he's going to have a major, like a high profile the whole way through. There's a chance that, you know, next, he almost gets to benefit again next spring and summer as things get better. Because as we know now from, you know, a couple of years of this, seems to be very clear that, you, you know, as people go outside and as the weather gets right. warmer, you know, cases go away. So he almost yeah. has another year of we're, you know, we're opening Newport kind of thing. Um, so, you know, he has, he has real chances, but the, 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 the only thing that surprises me the most about the rest of the field is nobody has really jumped up and kind of grabbed the mantle. I mean, You're right. I don't know about you, but I, I don't see who the favorite is. No. And if there's no favorite, it's probably the incumbent, Dan McKee, right? At least right now. Yep. And, and Dan McGowan, as you uh, break that out, I, I um, you know, it, it is, it's still wide open. You know, everyone seems to say Seth Magazina, but the only, the, every time someone mentions Seth Magazina, they mention money. And, and I, I, other than that, um, you know, we've seen in the past, the person with the most money doesn't, doesn't always win. Uh, you know, Matt, Matt Brown still remains to see, be seen if he can cobble that together. But I think the next 30 days could be crucial to Governor McKee. When you think of what he could have had with an announcement, let's just say it did it back in September, you know, maybe even on the exact date that one year from now we're going to go to the polls. Yeah. Well, you know, as we, we were all in a good mood, everyone's kind of tanned from the summer. Now, do you, do you really want to have something inside where everyone's then the visual, all the videos, people in masks and yeah. he's in the mask? It's um, I, I think, again, you know, you're right what you said that this spring he kind of gets to do it all over again. But. Let, let's see how the next 30 to 60 days goes, because we're, we're, this is uncontrollable. He can't control it. We're seeing now that the flu is now mixing. Yes. In. So you almost have like the two of them together. And um, and I think, though, Damagon, this shows that they I think they're blindsided by it. They really thought that it was it was in the uh, you know, in the in the past. And he even, you know, I attended the Tuesday briefing right before Christmas. And he was saying, you know, we were kind of. We thought we were everything we were doing was opening things up going forward, and now all of a sudden we have to go back. I, I just wonder about we are still the outlier with the, the mask mandate, and Mass in Connecticut did not do that. But the, the, the thing about this that I think that he just doesn't like is that you, you can't control the narrative. This is an unknown, no one can control how this thing is going to go. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing he, he's been honest about this, pretty vocal about it, actually. Yeah. I mean. He, they were they were actually ready to declare like freedom from the virus, right? They were they were looking for their moment of you know this is over, we are past this, we have won. And, and by the way, President Biden was looking to do that as well. Yes, but you know this this was something that Governor McKee was hoping would would be gone by now. And you're right, can't control it. The you know, you're going to get crushed by everybody if you're wearing a mask or if, if you're any of these events. Uh, you don't want that visual of, you know, all the all the campaign commercials of you in masks. You don't want that either. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's got, I think it, it's a real challenge. And here's the thing about, about him politically, aside from any of the governing issues, you know, you have to ask, has he been doing all the right things? Yep. politically and look he hasn't been a great fundraiser no. um and you know you mentioned you're, you're exactly right on this. the only thing anybody ever talks about Seth magazine is how he raises all this money that is a factor it's impressive good at it the when you're the incoming governor you should be crushing everybody when it comes right. to fundraising and he's not he you know he struggled he was on par with Natalie Gorbea in the last quarter we'll find out the end of January what he raised at the end of the year you know, he's going to have a, a enough money, but he's quickly going to be in a situation where you're going to have Seth Magaziner with, you know, all kinds of money. You're going to have Helena folks, you know, she could cut a check for a, a blank check, right? So you're going to have her, Nellie Gorbea, you know, don't forget a couple of weeks ago, Nellie Gorbea gets the Emily's List endorsement. That's right. a, in Democratic primaries, that's an endorsement that matters, that comes with money, comes with lots of other perks. Uh, and so, he, you know, it's not just that the governing part of this has been difficult for him. I, I think that campaign, like structurally, 
he has he has kind of struggled or limped along. It's gonna he's gonna really need to kind of correct things because it won't be long. I would say January, February, maybe maybe March that we start to see polls. I, I imagine Channel Twelve will poll soon, and. You know, the first time out, I think you're going to see Governor McKee, most name recognition, probably in the lead of a hypothetical race. But, you know, if we if we're looking at Governor McKee, 30 percent, everybody else. Everyone else is going to say oh, this race is completely winnable because, you know, if, if you're only at, you know, 30, 35 percent as the incumbent governor, you have real challenges, even in a really stacked primary. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Dean McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial it's henry oil give them a call since 1947 you can depend on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401-521-0200 521-0200 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe dan i want to pick up on uh, what you last said now you also wrote um just in the past week or so that president biden's numbers have certainly come tumbling down in rhode island i i'm going to continue with my argument i think in some ways governor mckee is tied to the the president's approval rating maybe not as bad but but still uh somewhere in that vicinity are you surprised that he uh i mean the the last i went last tuesday he had no public events on wednesday no public events thursday went thursday friday was christmas need no public events the weekend goes we find out yesterday the lieutenant governor has has come down with a tested positive for covid yeah here it is wednesday and still no public events for the governor it, when when the covid numbers were equal what they are now to a year ago. At one point, Gina Raimondo was having daily COVID briefings. People are worried about where can I get a test, more testing centers. Are you surprised that he and Dr. Scott haven't had some kind of COVID presser to kind of update? I mean, this story is literally changing by the day. I'm stunned by it. And I'm stunned, to be honest, that forget the governor i'm surprised the department of health isn't doing this yes. every day in, in, in pushing for it because you're exactly right look john i you and i t- i was off air last week i ended up i did test positive for covid so i i had it i'm just getting over it now and getting a test last week let alone this week was kind of a nightmare yeah uh took four or five days to get you know, I actually tested negative in the rapid and then tested positive uh on the pcr test so i didn't find out until Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas, Sunday, huh. that I that I, that wow. I tested positive. Luckily, I had taken a, um, you know, a home rapid that tested positive. So I, I unfortunately like skipped uh, a lot of Christmas stuff. But you know, and again, it doesn't matter about me. I'm fine. I had a cold. It wasn't that big of a deal. But you know, the the amount of fury in the that I'm getting from emails, from calls. And then just being in line the, the day that I took the test, people, you know, lined up outside the door in Barrington. You know, it's cold. People are not thrilled with how things are going. You would think this would be a moment for them to say, here are all the possible options. Here's yes. everything you can do. We're going to throw endless resources at this. And you're not getting a lot of that. I, I think you said this just a little while, just a minute ago, but it really, it, it's only like a lot of these these issues have kind of snuck up on yeah. on the state because they were very unprepared yep. um, for for the need for, really for testing more than anything else um, you know in the, the in you know last week this week and probably next week and the lines but we're also seeing different you see those lines in Central Falls you didn't have that under That's you know right. Governor Raimondo to her credit she really 
embraced it. Uh, Dan McGowan, so my thing, I had booked a test on last Monday. So I, I took the test on Thursday. It was the drive through at the Wickford train station. I, I did a home test on Sunday. It was negative. I finally got my test results yesterday. It was negative. If there was ever a time where they need to speak up, tell people, here's where you can get it. I've also heard from some listeners who have not been vaccinated. You know, they're getting tested every day. And I yep. think that's that's a waste. I think they should. And this is my opinion. I think they should start to charge like a, a buck a test because it would weed out. There are some people that they go on and they book free tests for themselves every day. That's taking the place of someone who so you're not, is not feeling well, who desperately needs to get a test. Like, I don't think the system is set up well at all. John, do you know that it's I, I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm kind of grimacing because that you just described something that I found to be so bizarre and that and there's no reason for me to name any names, but person who's you know a behind the scenes player in politics sees me in line getting my COVID test last week and comes up to me and, and says, oh, what are you doing? And, you know, I was in Bear. I took a test in Barrington because it was one of, yeah. one of the few places I could get a test. And um, I said, well, was, you know, that's what it was. I, I needed a test. And the person just looked at me and said, oh, we come here all the time. Yeah. I just thought it was, it was, now, I, I suppose better to be safe than safe, but it was, it was almost as though everybody is like, yeah, we're this every day just you know as right. a precaution but you're, you're exactly right there are people yeah. i i was i had symptoms i was sick um and, you're the and, person and, and, we need to get the test that's exactly right that's exactly right. yeah it, it's a bizarre and you're right I, I do wonder maybe you start to test to to you know charge again nothing crazy but you you know you make it a dollar you make it five bucks you know at, at some of the pharmacies i have a pharmacy near me in providence over by LaSalle Academy that does charge you for the rapid test. They, they were charging, in fact, last week it was $120. Um, they were charging for the rapid. Now they're not state run allowed to do that. And their point was, if you want it right away, we'll, we'll, we can do it, but you have to pay up. If you want the, you know, five day PCR, you know, then it's free. And, and that was going on right there. So you, you already, I think are starting to see some of the smaller places um, move in that direction. Um, folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. We'd have finally did, then just go to Walgreens because then there were no state tests. And those at CVS, Walgreens, those, I think they're like around 25 bucks where yeah. then you buy the box of them. But still, um, I, I've been hearing now for a while that people are taking a while for their test results to get back. I, again, I didn't have any symptoms. I thought I had been around someone. I just wanted to be on the safe side. Uh, but but that that is a problem with that. Dan McGowan, one of the other stories that you listed to watch for 2022 is the race for mayor of Providence. As we're now in the final week of 2021, how do you, how do you see that shaping up for next year? Well, I hate to be the you know cliched Madden type and give you <laughs> just the you know the basic handicap. I mean, look, you you're a, you're a race where there is no clear cut favorite. You have. You know, a really good fundraiser in Brett Smiley. Uh, he's going to make the case that that he's the competent one, right? He's the person that worked in government before. He's got a big East Side base, a lot of support. Um, but then you have a couple of interesting candidates. I wrote a column just a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Gonzalo Cuervo, who yep. is not by any means known citywide, but he's doing this interesting kind of move where he's He's Latino, so he's you know he's trying to stack up the Latino vote that's pretty big, sizable in Providence. You know, 25 percent of the electorate there, and then he's moving really far to the left, appeal to uh, the the kind of hipster, the young progressive, who who largely vote around West Broadway, Federal Hill area. That's a huge voter turnout area. And he's trying to kind of make his moves there. He's got the support of Angel Tavares, the former mayor. So he's got a real campaign. You got a councilwoman, Nirva LaFortune. She's from the east side. And then you got Michael Salomon, you know, the former council president, who is going to probably try to make the case that we need kind of sanity or reasonable, you know, moderates in government. Um, and he's going to try to make that case. They're four minutes. Almost, I, I think any of them can win. Um, and if you were if you were to say right now, gun to my head, I'd say Brett Smiley because he had because he has all the money uh, is mm. probably the favorite today. But that's a race that could go any way. Uh, it's going to be very close. It's going to be very interesting because it's going to be very tied to, 
you know, a lot of state government, you're going to see it's going to be, you know, the candidates for governor are going to be asked about the candidates for mayor. You're going to have the Providence takeover as a big issue. Um, you're just going to have kind of that, the, you know, the letter grade for Jorge Alorza. It's going to be really interesting to see how they handle that because they all, they all get along with the mayor. None of them want his endorsement, but they all get along with the mayor. It's a little bit like the de Blasio thing in New York in some ways where everybody was kind of running away from the incumbent mayor. That, that to some degree is happening here, but they're all tied to him in some way. Uh, and so it, it's a fascinating race. I think any of those four candidates can win. If it was gunned ahead to me, I, I think it'd be gun, that Gonzo Cuervo. I, I think he learned a lot working in the Secretary of State's office. You learn a lot about ballots, elections. Um, he, he certainly, and he, people know him from when he worked with Angel Tavares. He's got a, yeah. a long list of friends. He's certainly been working it early. That's who I kind of see. Dan McGowan, before we take a break, are you surprised that, and what is your reaction that uh, Mayor Alorza is, is doing this uh, vaccine mandate for all city employees in the month of January? Well, I, starting, know, it, I should it, say, starting. It's it should it, I, I suppose you know he he's sort of grabbing kind of attention when when he's not getting a lot elsewhere. That's kind of my sort of political instincts here, or like you know, mayor's been out of the spotlight for a while, wants a little bit yeah. of attention. I'm not sure how it will play. I mean, I think you're going to get pushback from uh, from the unions. I think the police and the fire union especially are going to be. Um, somewhat critical, even though the majority of both police officers and firefighters are um, are vaccinated. I think it's like 77 percent right. for the for the police. But you're going to see pushback because man don't like mandates. Um, yep. You know, I, again, I think it was a little bit of an intention grab. It is does seem to be a, you know, a direction that you're seeing a lot of the larger city mayors doing around the region. And so I suppose in some ways it's not all that out of um, you know, it's not out of left field, but it is, it's interesting to do it when the governor is not doing it for state employees. Exactly. Um, that, and, and, you know, it's a direct kind of defense in some ways. And so I think there's going to be pushback and the governor's going to, you know, going to get asked about it. And he's probably going to say, well, you know, we'd rather mandates and it forces questions on the rest of government because That's the mayor right. wants to do it. Yeah. I heard from a number of different employees. Dan McGowan, I think it also brings up again, but, and he won't like it, but the Governor McKee, the 3,000 of the union workers, and then yes. we find out that they could get the money even if they didn't really get the vaccination. So I think this is going to be challenged. I, I I think it's a little late on, on it. I don't know what took, kind of took them so long. And then, I mean, this thing, it does seem to be seasonal at this point, so it'll die down in the spring. But I, I think he is going to get some some pushback from, from the unions, and specifically – it, it, so if you're a state worker, it's almost optional at this point. You could just yeah. put in for an exemption. You still get the three thousand dollars in the city of Providence. You get fired if you don't if you don't get it. So I I think he's going to face. Well, you don't. The challenge that you have too in Providence is you know it's a little bit like the you know I think some people who who blame the nursing shortage on on the vaccine minutes. I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I do think for sort of lower level nursing jobs, very important, but low, but you know, the, at the various facilities, you know, nursing home type places, I think that was very real. And I think the, the challenge and problems that you do run into is, let's say you have 20% of, co- of police officers who don't, who don't want to get vaccinated and want to push yep. back against this. The city of Providence cannot afford to lose 20% of its workforce. No. They can't, you know, no. not, not for police, right. certainly. Um, and, and so, you know, this becomes this, you know, almost, it's like a game of chicken in some ways. And, you know, I'm sure that I'm confident that the police and the public, you know, Commissioner Perry, who's supportive, but I'm sure they're having these conversations like, what do we do if we don't get, now, it, there's probably a tipping point. Maybe, I don't know, another eight, 9% of people to get vaccinated. Now you're suddenly at maybe 90% becomes a it, maybe it's not as big of a deal but right now i mean you just you cannot lose 20 percent of your of your uh, police force in providence today yeah um before we take a break i i heard i spoke with a city worker yesterday and he said now his brother has a state job and his next door neighbor has a state job and he said how how is this fair i have to be forced to get it uh and if i don't get it i'm gonna get fired my brother 
my my neighbor who's his friend, they both state workers and they're like laughing at him. So I, I think he's going to face some pushback simply because Governor McKee is not handling the state workers the, the same way. It's tough to argue that a city worker has to get it, but a state worker doesn't. I, I think it's going to be some problems. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here <coughs> on the John DePito Show. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Propane Plus for heating and cooling. Call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, social media, I love it. Uh, Twitter's my favorite, actually. Um, when used properly, what is your take on Representative Patricia Morgan deciding to share a story? I, I, I don't think it was the story was fully told properly. But boy, did that thing, I, I don't remember the last time someone put out a tweet locally talking about critical race theory, supposedly a friend that she has. I'm not trying to bash her. I think she was trying to say, and I'm not speaking for her, but I did speak to her twice yesterday, but that, that she was the one that introduced legislation on critical race theory. And that's what caused her flare up or problem with her friendship. But um, the, the Boston Globe has, I think, the most in-depth story your colleague brian emerald that was um boy that yesterday was like a lesson of uh, and it can be the you know the dangers of social media how her her tweet i just haven't seen anything locally blow up like that yeah i mean this would be god i I could only think of and this was you know really pre you know real social media but you know, when when Frank Caprio told you that, that yes. the president should shove it, I mean, shove it. Th- th- oh. That's this. That this would have level, You're right. That, that that I was actually thinking about you because of that. Oh. I mean, that that's the level of you know attention that this thing has gotten. You know, I, I think the challenge with it's the dangers of social media, right? It's not nuanced. You can't sort of explain the way you. Um, you know you, what you're trying to go through. Now, look, based on what. Rep Morgan tweeted. I think it was pretty foolish. It, the the words used and then sort of her double down on it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, she knows Twitter. I think tends to lean towards the left. I think that's where you're going to yep. see that the outrage is going to be. You know, it's more people who are kind of liberals and, and lefties who are who are who are there kind of pushing back. But no excuse for sort of the way she explained it and the double down. She's getting criticized you know, really in every kind of uh, pocket of, of, you know, whether Republican, Democrat, Independent. The thing about this is, though, you know, I'm thinking about writing a column about this, John, because, you know, the the, the rush right now to do the, she should resign or let's strip her of all her, you know, her committees and things like that. My take on this is, if you want to, you know, uh, if you want to uh, take out Patty Morgan, beat her. Beat her at the election. Right. You know, you've, you've got an election. She runs against a Democrat every cycle. Every That's time right. I went back and, and looked she at knows it, how she, to win. She and she's beaten Democrats every single time at the polls for the last decade, more than more than a decade. Um, if you organize and beat her, like doing this thing of let's remove all of her committee assignments. Guess what? Republicans have no power anyway. Removing her of committee assignment means nothing at all. It's just right purely symbolic and so she probably i think she deserves the criticism I, I i wish she would kind of speak up and try to explain herself a little bit more but i think it's a it, it's a rush to say she needs to be you know thrown out of office or censured for something like this no beat her in november that's your sure. job if you're a democrat 
Yep. Now, also, I'm also glad the Boston Globe, you have a big story. I've known Dave Sapaka for for a very, very long time. And uh, he is a really talented guy, very accomplished um, uh, photog. He, he worked at the Olympics. I mean, he's yeah. when sometimes I was I was on NBC News uh, many years ago and they so they want a freelancer to do it. And and uh, they had someone come in and interview me. And, and it was Dave Sapaka, who was then the freelance photog that they they used. He um, has been uh, committed and has a passion for lighthouses. And I'm so glad, if you don't mind just touching on the story that the Boston Globe did about Dave Sapaka. Yeah, my colleague Ed Fitzpatrick has been working on this because Dave is, is basically uh, trying to go around to, I believe there's 800 lighthouses still uh, in the United States. And he, he's trying to hit every single one of them, take pictures and, and you know build sort of a book out of it. Um, but he, he's running into this challenge where the Coast Guard apparently is uh, you know, he's not going to be using the lighthouses as much. They don't have to. And so he, it's like a race against time. And he's he's just got beautiful photos. And he's got amazing stories to share about his experience. Because it's not like every single lighthouse is, you know, in a public place, right? Sometimes they're on private islands. Sometimes they're, you know, in all kinds of places. And so he's, he's really, it's, it's a really kind of fun race to to, you know, uh, photograph all of these things and he's, and he's just getting such good stories along the way and you're right I don't know Dave well but I, I've met him a couple of times what a great reputation and just a good guy to see Ed write about him he saved the Plum Beach uh, Lighthouse he made that as a right. campaign and uh, did that now folks as you hear me mention there's some other great stories we could touch on the little boy uh, in Providence and that was the first time I think we've seen Mayor Lorzer in quite some time yes. he suddenly popped up at that you didn't see him at the tree lighting we haven't seen it's been kind of a wall but folks you hear me mention it each day that's what i do i read every inch of it i get my covid numbers at the top and then links to it it's called roadmap it can be delivered to your inbox and dan mcgowan on this final week of uh, 2021 if you'd be so kind to tell people listening how they can also receive it yeah john and i have to thank you for letting me do this every week because just we continue to grow and grow and grow and more and more listeners of yours and certainly Rhode Islanders all across the state are, are um, you know, are subscribing to Roadmap and getting it, like you said, every single day. It takes five minutes to read. Uh, it's the it's just a brief kind of uh, look at everything you need to know from the COVID numbers, some of my analysis or interesting little stories, and then all the interesting stories in the globe, both in Rhode Island and also nationally. You know, we've got a big 250-person staff, so lots of stuff that you can get from us. And the simplest way to get it is send me a blank email news at globe.com r news at globe.com and you'll get the last one of the year tomorrow thursday i'm going to take friday off uh and then you'll start getting it right back uh, on on monday uh for all of 2022 david McGowan, great job happy new year and i will talk to you in the new year happy new year john great to talk to you see ya if you're ever in an accident pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body today 401 401- Two seven two thirty three forty. Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle, folks. It can happen. Whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone. Call West Fountain Auto Body four zero one two seven two thirty three forty. They are located four hundred West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender bender, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401 401- 272-3340 West Fountain Auto Body located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence they'll work for you not the insurance company if you're in an accident call West Fountain today get it repaired 401-272-3340 you're listening to the John DePietro show folks it's AM 1380 99.9 FM you can always listen online at our website dePietro.com. so I want to just uh, sum up we're still trying to get some details but this whole um the media completely 
misrepresented um, what had been said or the way it was reported, I guess I should say. The way it was reported regarding this, um, it was described as a missing uh, child, missing boy, 11 years old, Christmas night. Well, see, the media loves, they they love a missing person story, right? It gets more attention, draws more attention, more intrigue. But what did, what did we learn? We have learned that they found this boy. He was on Providence. Family lives on Atwell's Avenue. Now, let's let's pretend we would, can't speculate about his immigration status or the mother's immigration status. No one speaks English. Played that the other day. But they found him basically down the street from his house. So he wasn't missing. On Christmas night, this 11-year-old boy, from what we understand from it's been reported, he had an argument with his mother, maybe upset that she wouldn't let him go out or what he got for Christmas or whatever the problem was. Stormed out of the house. He he wasn't even wearing shoes. He was in socks. And they found him basically within a 500-foot radius of where he lived. Providence police, uh, fire involved, statewide put out. FBI got involved. So that was Saturday night. Now, what I've heard is he was staying with his friends down the street. He was gone Sunday. Sunday, they contacted the police. So news hit on Sunday and then Monday and then today. Now, we have heard, it's been reported, that the mother last night knew where he was but was embarrassed and then wanted the police to find him. So the mayor goes rushing to the scene. The Providence police are on the scene. Let's play. This is Mayor Alorza calls a press conference. This is embarrassing. They should be embarrassed. He wasn't found. He wasn't even found in a different section of the city. He was basically found at the end of his street. I, I you know, I, I, I normally, as many of you know, I'm very supportive of law enforcement. But like, what is the drill? Who was anyone really looking for him? Who who was leading the 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 search? Ray Charles or Helen Keller? And the FBI was involved? Boy, that's refreshing. Boy, good thing he wasn't brought across state lines or, oh, I don't know, maybe he was in Cranston or Pawtucket. You couldn't find an 11-year-old who walked out of his own house without shoes on. He was in socks. How far did you think he was going to get? You couldn't find him? I could have found that little punk in an hour and a half. This is just, and they, they were all patting themselves on the back. They took the kid to Hasbro. Now, there's something up because I have heard from someone at Hasbro that the kid really was adamant he didn't want to go back into the house. So, I again, now I don't know what's going on. Or this obviously sounds like a situation the DCYF should be involved in. What was going on that on Christmas night at 11 o'clock at night, an 11-year-old boy marches out of the house? They couldn't find him. They couldn't locate him. Who were his friends? Who lives around there? Are there adults that were putting him up? Do you know how much it cost, all the man hours that were spent trying to find this 11-year-old? Plus the FBI was involved. Plus the, the uh, Providence Fire was then in the Winsquatucket River? <laughs> and then the mom, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's in a car. Oh, okay. Listen to Alorza, Mayor Alorza afterwards like so proud of himself worried for the worst um especially being a dad having a family oh my god worried for the family worried for the child what but thankfully that child was uh, just found safe and sound on his own street he, uh, transported over to hasbro children's totally hospital. unnecessary his mother's joining him there um you know, he spent three nights outside um, Let's see, Christmas you know, night, is, uh, Sunday, Monday. So far, this is about as good as we can hope He's for. with his friends. In a situation like this, uh, the police department, they're still Look doing at their this. investigation, making sure that... Investigation? You know, we, um, he wasn't missing. He was a uh, runaway. Right now, I just want to thank everybody involved with the search. We had about 40 people out there searching. Oh, my God. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, what? We received a call. Couldn't find from, him? Uh, one of the houses back here that... There's a person sleeping in one of the cars, and lo and behold, 
uh, officers came and yeah, it was the neighbor. The child safe and sound. So we're very thankful, uh, very, um, very happy to hear that. Um, so that's it for me for now. Talk but about an unsuccessful search. Forty people. Forty people couldn't find this kid. And there was the mother on last night. Now, I've heard she knew where he was last night. And that's why then making this, oh, you know, why don't you come home? No, we want him to hear the message and then come home. I mean, you have got to be kidding me. My goodness. So, folks, that is the latest how it came out. And um, I, I don't think this is anything to brag about. That's for sure. All right. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news. Whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break, log on at the website. That's also the best way to reach me, by the way. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just scroll down a little bit. You'll see a, a button that says Contact John. You can also support the program. You, you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com. And it's all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, so you can watch Facebook Live or also Twitter or YouTube or Instagram. So take a minute. And then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's depetro.com. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate, 401 six eight eight zero five one seven get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517.